0: We're reading from Luke chapter one, verse 28, 26 through 38. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you.
1: Just uh, give you a couple of more details um, that we've just learned. Um, there are 40 tags left on the tree. This is a great opportunity. Um, unless there's a reason not to, like you're leaving today for a safari or something. Um, grab a tag, bless someone who doesn't know you. Um, bring it back. We should, we, we, I know we're not a large church, but 40 tags should be gone in an instant. We, we can bless people by um, by giving them what they don't deserve. We don't know them, but that's what Jesus did for us. So go grab a tag. Secondly, for the 7 p.m. service, the 5 p.m. service, all kids will be in this room. Just so you know, it'll be a little chaotic and noisy and great. <laughs> For that service, the 7 p.m. service, there will be a nursery offered. So if you have little biddies uh, that, you know, you feel free to use a nursery. Children are welcome here. If, if they're both great services, but 5 p.m. and 7 p.m. Um, for that. And then if you are interested in becoming a member of Living Hope, this would be the last Sunday sign-up will be out. So please um, take advantage of that. We don't assume anyone wants to be a member, even if you've taken the Welcome to Hope class. That doesn't automatically make you a member, so be sure to sign up for that. Um, and uh, lastly, if you are uh, going to do the Angel Tree tags, the uh, it's uh, it's not on the website. You'll have to email if you can't come here in person. Email outreach at LivingHopeEPC.org. Okay, all those. Sorry, just a little cleanup. Um, last week we began this brief series on the questions of Christmas. We looked at Zachariah's question that he asked in the temple when the angel came and said, you and your wife are going to have a baby in response to his question, probably of prayer of Lord, could we have a child even at this advanced age? And then God says, yes. And he says, convince me. His second question is, how do I know that what you're saying is right? So we we looked at Zachariah's doubting heart, and the way the question he asked really revealed the, the issue of doubt. And so today we have Mary's question, which sounds somewhat similar to Zachariah's. The question that we're going to look at is in verse 34 of Luke 1. It says, How will I know this, or how will this be, since I'm a virgin? But we're going to look at the way those God responds to these two questions quite differently, and how they sound sort of the same. Look at the similarities here, right? You've got two miraculous births. Gabriel, same angel, comes six months apart. He comes and he tells Zechariah, hey, here I am with you. Gonna, they were both afraid. Zechariah and Mary, it both says they were troubled by the appearance of an angel. It says, you're going to have a baby. And uh, to Mary, the same thing. Six months later, you're going to have a baby. But they're quite different. So let's look first just at the differences between the two. Zechariah came in response to... I mean, uh, the angel came to Zechariah in response to his prayer. We know that because it says... You asked, the Lord's heard you. You've asked for a child. And so here he is. Pretty much guarantee you the angel Gabriel did not show up in response to Mary's prayer. Oh God, may I have a baby before I'm going to be married? Don't think Mary was thinking. Clearly not thinking along those lines. Didn't have any context for that. So this was an act of just elective grace that God came to her and gives this greeting about... um being highly favored of the Lord. We'll get back to that in just a minute. In both cases, we have the angel coming and telling the children, the, the parents what the name is going to be. And I gave you a quiz last week. If you were here, we had a trivia quiz. I could find four times where angelic beings or divine beings came and said, you're going to name this baby this, Right. So last week we had who? John, John the Baptist. You're going to name him John, not Zachariah that they thought he should. We have this week, it's told you're going to name him Jesus. There's two others. This is just, this is bonus. There's no, there's no, this isn't related to this at all. It's just bonus. Do you know what the other two were? That an angelic being. Now the Lord said many times, the Lord said, name your child this. But there's no record of an angelic or divine being coming and saying, name your child. The other two are very related, too. They're actually related to each other. Do you know what they are? Isaac and Ishmael. Okay, the two half-brothers. What does it say? Now, if there's others, please inform me. I couldn't find any others where an angelic being came and did that. What does it say when the God says, no, I'm going to name the child To me, and this is somewhat related to today and and what we'll be looking at, but there's nothing that says authority when we got to name our children. And we thought, as you did, long and hard about, we didn't just like pick a name random. We thought long and hard about who we wanted it to represent. Each of our children have names that mean something and have people that, they're you know that we we liked or that we um thought we wanted to honor by that. In these cases God said I'm going to honor. I'm I'm taking and I'm going to step in and name this one. Very interesting is some point you you, w- you might want to look at those four and uh and why perhaps God steps in with that. So we looked at so we we see that Mary didn't ask, wasn't praying for an angel to come. God just steps in and does that. Zechariah is in the center of religious life in the entire nation of Israel. Jerusalem in the temple can't get more front and center. He's a man, an older man, uh, from a priestly family. You know, and by contrast, Mary is in Nazareth. Nazareth is the butt of jokes, right? We know that from John 7. There's a phrase out there. Can anything good come from Nazareth? That was their hometown. It's like, you know, we have, I won't name any in case you're from that area, but we have places in our country that are the butt of jokes, right? Nazareth was the butt of jokes. Mary was a nobody. Socioeconomically, agrarian, young in that society. She might have been as young as 12, probably no more than 16, so any 12- to 16-year-old girls here? If you're 17, you're way too old for this, all right? She had no status. There was nothing special that we know of about her. The Lord came to the humblest of circumstances and announces, this is where Messiah, this is where the king will be rooted I want to look for just a second at what the difference is and maybe I'm offering it to you as to why Zechariah's rebuked for doubting and Mary's given an answer to essentially the same question. They both had questions of biology, didn't they? Zachariah's question of biology was we're too old. It wasn't Mary's question was I've never it literally says I've never known a man. I'm a virgin. They're both biological questions. I don't know how. Here's here's what I think in the way they're worded, in the way um, we we see in the phrasing. How shall I know? Zachariah says. How can this be? Is what Mary says. In in most pictures, I'm a terrible photographer, so I, I people tell me this. But foreground and background makes a huge difference in terms of the quality of photos. Right, you photographers. What's in the foreground? What's in the background? And what I see in these two questions and these brief interactions with the angel is that for Zechariah, the the issue of biology was in the foreground of the picture, and standing behind that was the promise of God. And what he said was, "Lord, I I know what you said through this angel. I know the promise." But blocking my vision of that promise is this incredible circumstantial problem. We're too old to have a child. And for Mary, I think the promise of God was her foreground. And she saw that you can do anything. How are you going to make this happen? It kind of literally comes down to. And in the background was... A bigger biological problem. I would say it's a bigger problem, Mary's biology, than Zachariah's, even though they're both significant. But it was in the background of God's promise. For you and for me, we stand so often at situations where the circumstances of whatever it is you're facing, whatever need, whether it's interior or an external need, the question for us is going to be whatever God has said, whatever his word says, is that front and center or is that behind the issue in the circumstance? This happens in scripture all the time. This is why I think David, being a man after God's own heart, sitting there with Goliath. And he says, look, I see this big giant. But God said so if God said it, it's going to happen. Now, how are we going to get the giant out of the way? As opposed to think of the children of Israel in the wilderness. And they say, well, I don't know how we're possibly going to survive without everything we had in Egypt. And the circumstance of what they had left in the desert that they were facing. God's promise was there, yeah. But we need water. We need food. We need this. This was what Israel did for 40 years. So for, for us... I don't know if it's something internally you're facing, if it's the circumstances of life, or, or just a fear, or a doubt, or a wonder. And, and there's a grief inside, there are addictions, there are things that you think about, and you think, okay, I see that, we can't ignore it. There are religions, and there are ways to just ignore, and just say, ah, oh, no, forget all about it. You can forget all about it you want, circumstances there. The question is: Is it foreground or background in relationship to the promises of God? Is Jesus that real? And if he's not, if it's not, if this is just a game, eventually the the the, the problem will be so in the foreground that it, the noise will overwhelm God. But I can tell you, Jesus Christ is real. He is alive, and no amount of human reasoning—it's a—it's—it's a. It's, it's a fact and i realize we access it by faith we don't access it by laboratory and scientific and that's a whole other issue but putting the promise of god in front will allow you to step into that promise and to see in right relationship the circumstance not dominating your life Let's look at what Mary went through, and just I just want to look at three things. It's a relatively brief message this morning, but I want to look at Mary's interaction with this angel in three categories. I want to look at her discernment, what she discerned, what she questioned, and how she submitted. So what she discerned, what she questioned, and how she submitted. If you've got your Bible, look at Luke 1 with me. And we're going to look at the greeting that she had. This is verse 28 of Luke chapter 1. Gabriel came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. Now let me just, just pause there for a second. Let's just say, suspend your disbelief for a minute if this is too hard, but let's just say you're somewhere and an angel, angelic figure of some sort appears to you. Okay? In your office, in your car whatever don't freak out just what uh, here's and says greetings oh highly favored one. fill grace you know you've been given grace is the, the word used there the lord god is with you how would you feel about that just get over the troubledness of the fact that an, an angel has appeared to you would that be would would you like that greeting i think i would i hope i would She's really troubled by this. It says the word there is a very intensive word. She's troubled by what she's heard. She said, like, "Why, why, why would you be troubled by that greeting?" And then she goes on, and the, the word there, she um, well, she says she's greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what kind of greeting this is. Sounds like a good greeting to me. What kind of greeting this is? Now, this word "discern" is interesting. It's the word "dialog." That's the Greek "dialog," "dialogia." But we we do a dialogue. A dialogue in those days is what's considered something you did in your head. It was a, it was a, you know, dialogue is two people talking, right? The way they use that word, it's a back and forth inside you of, what does this mean? I don't know. What do you think it means? I don't know. What do you think it means? Dialogue had a negative connotation because you, it tended to bring about it more confusion because you just batted around in your head. What could it mean? She might have said, well, why is he me? I'm, I'm a nobody. Why is an angel coming to me and saying, favored? Favorite how? Like I don't she probably in the circumstances of her life didn't feel very favored. She's almost undoubtedly poor, illiterate, very little I mean the prospects of life. She was just an average girl in Nazareth. She's has this dialogue in her about what does it mean? This confusion and this tension of this Incredible greeting that she's given, that God Almighty has chosen her, and yet the circumstances of her life might say, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's fine for Zechariah, somebody like the priest in the temple. Of course, you've chosen him, high priest, somebody, you know, but me? Can I just say, again, bring in for application for us? You should and I encourage you to hear, because the Scripture will back me up on this, every morning, receive the word of the Lord. Good morning, O highly favored son or daughter of the Lord Most High. God is with you. Can you hear that? Will you, will you hear that tomorrow morning when you wake up? Most of us are like, well, I'm, I mean, I'm just going to work. Come on, it's not Sunday or anything just monday there might be tension in us of why why the big greeting the point is this there's this idea that god is wants to bless you with favor and grace and be with you and for mary this was troubling and startling for us If, and this isn't for every human being, this is for those who have received the grace of God, for those who are his sons and daughters, so it's predicated on the fact that you believe this. But can you receive and hear how pleased God is with you, that you are highly favored of God? Do you suffer with guilt? Do you suffer with a lot? If if God really knew what I did, he wouldn't feel that way. Well, surprise, he actually does know what you're doing. And yet the miracle of grace is that through Jesus, if you have trusted in Jesus, he is pleased with you. You're favored of God and that he's with you. And with that, she's going to be able to face when ministry, the ministry Mary has is not a ministry most of us want. The ministry she has is carrying the baby, but it's going to be carrying the child Jesus through circumstances that later we find out her soul her is going to be pierced. She's going to watch her son die the most gruesome of deaths on a cross. That's tough. I can't imagine. She likely will suffer shame in her culture from people who didn't believe that she didn't get pregnant in the normal way. She doesn't know what she doesn't know. But what she knows is, is she going to receive the word of God to her that day? You're favored of God and he is with you. Can we receive it as well? Now, Gabriel explains prior to her question, that's her discernment, her dialogue. And rather than dialoguing in her head, shes we want to see if she can dialogue with God about this, but Now, the question comes, and Gabriel's going to explain why she's so favored in more detail. And here's what he says. "'Don't be afraid, Mary. you found favor with God. You will conceive in your womb, bear a son, shall call his name Jesus.'" He will be great, will be called son of the most high. The Lord will give him the throne of his father, David. He'll reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. So Mary is certainly in the midst of wedding planning at this point. So for those of you who ever planned a wedding, she got to add like buy diapers and prep the nursery in addition to whatever else she was doing. She got to now have a whole new additional to-do list Guys, it's a lot's process, right? And then Mary's question, again, foreground is the promise of God who can do anything. And she says, how will this be? My my big takeaway from this is, is in Mary's attitude, not only seeing the promise of God in front of her, and not only is she willing to, to go into this with all the, the unanswered questions about what this was going to mean in front of her. But the answer is, you you can't do this, Mary. This is going to be the Holy Spirit. This is going to be the power of God coming upon you. Here's the truth of the matter. Mary didn't need to do anything to make this promise come about But she had the ability to either grumble and complain about how much it was costing her or to say, all right, God, I trust you. Do inside of me what you want to do. Cost of that is large. The fruit of it is world life changing, right? It changed us. It changed the world. Her submission after the angel says, it's the Holy Spirit that will come upon you. The Most High will overshadow you. And by the way, or this little baby will be a king of some sort, the son of God. You and Elizabeth will be going through these pregnancies together. And then in verse 37 says this, for nothing will be impossible with God. That's the promise. In front of us, right? When it just seems like there's no way. Nothing is impossible with God. Mary says, behold, I'm the servant of the Lord. She should have said, I mean, she could have said, well, my son's going to be the king. I'm now the queen mum. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm this word doulos we've looked at before, slave. It says the posture, and this is a beautiful thing. Mary understood that the highest place in God's kingdom is to be a servant. That's what Jesus says. He hadn't said it yet. He was about to be in the womb. But later we learned that there's no place greater than to be a servant, no higher position in God's kingdom. And she says, well, that's what I am then. I'm a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. We're going to close and pray in just a second, but we've got to commend Mary's attitude in this. Lord, I'm willing to be used by you, my own comfort, my own reputation, secondary. Do inside of me what you want to do to produce Jesus. For her, it was literally. For us, it's spiritually. If if you think... Praying, Lord, make me more like Jesus, is a prayer to make you happier. You haven't been made more quite like Jesus yet. It will make you more satisfied. And sometimes it's happy. (laughs) But it's way beyond happy. You're asking for the Son of God, the, the character of the Son of God, be formed in you. And sometimes there will be happiness and sometimes there will be sorrow but you're laying down your life for him and for others. And in that, I want, just want to encourage us to look at Mary, look at her attitude, say, Lord, it's an une- when I receive an unexpected blessing <laughs> of an unwanted pregnancy, Lord, and for us it won't be necessarily that, But it may be something unwanted. Lord, let me step into it with grace to say, yes, Lord, whatever you want. And I trust that by the Holy Spirit, you will make it happen. Would you pray with me, please? Lord, if nothing's really impossible for you, if that's true, then, Lord, help our prayers and our attitude to reflect that. That we would, with confidence, in the easy and in the hard Lord, live our lives willing to say yes, willing to speak to someone when it feels uncomfortable, willing to write the letter or make the phone call, the contact. Lord, willing to give, willing to write a check to someone when it hurts, willing to inconvenience ourselves and be late somewhere because someone needs you right now. Lord, to to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, being guided by and saying, Lord, not my will, but Yours be done. Behold, I'm Your servant. Do it in me, Lord, according to Your Word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand with me, please, and we'll close in worship.